Blog Talk Radio. This is the Change Book Radio Show, global insight and inspiration from life and business. We're brought to you by the fastest growing personal development book series in the world titled The Change. And I'm your host and voice, Stacey Carnaluti, transformational leader and coach, international best-selling author, and founder of High Powered Success Academy and StaceyC.com, The Power to Be. Welcome to The Change. And welcome to part two of Nathan DeMille. We're talking about sales and culture and leadership today in his new book titled Serve Up and Coach Down. We got cut off in part one of the show. So that's the beginning. And now we're going to jump right back into humility and really what servanthood looks like. So um, we've got Nathan back again. Can you hear everything okay? I can hear you just fine. <laughs> okay, awesome. Oh, that was hilarious. Okay, um, so Nathan is trying to really get us to shift our perspective when it comes to this middleman position and really understand the power of being under a boss and being over employees. So um, let's talk about how that, you know, really embodying the leadership in that place will help us to produce more um, sales and to, you know, make or create a better culture and um, really increase kind of productivity and performance overall, right? So let's kind of bridge the yeah, gap and, there. And, and, and Stacey, let's clarify too. A leader in the middle, or, or like people like to say, uh, the manager or, or the middle or the manager in the middle or whatever you want to call them. Listen, the leader in the middle is the highest level of a president. A CEO uh, is a leader in the middle because they, they account or uh, uh, respond or have to be directed by a board of directors. Mm-hmm. A pastor is a leader mm-hmm. in the middle because they have the uh, a group or a congregation or whatever it may be they have to respond to. or the, uh, And so a leader in the middle is not a manager. It's anyone who has a boss. It could be the vice president, the president, um, the CEO, or it could be the store manager or assistant manager. And so mm-hmm. leaders in the middle are not low-paying jobs. They are, they are all-paying jobs, but most importantly, they are the most powerful jobs right right so i just want to clarify that yeah yeah so when you say powerful you mean influential well they control everything i mean think about this a leader in the middle's job is to take the vision of one and create the execution of many Mm -hmm. right the leader in the middle's job is to take what one or many think hey this is what we're going to do the whole reason why leading through change has been a topic of conversation and challenge since the time of change or the time of business mm. is because we're, we're doing it wrong, right? Mm. It's because we – it's a tough job, right? And, and so as a leader in the middle, you, you have to get this change. And somewhere along the way, we're taught that we should get our employees buy-in. But here's the ironic thing. The greatest advantage in business is the ability to adapt and adjust to change the fastest, yeah. right? He or she who gets in line – and starts running first, wins the race first. Well, Mm -hmm. if we're having to spend weeks, months, and in many cases years to convince those who we pay that change is good, it takes us too long to change. (laughs) And this is why leadership through change has been a conversation piece forever. (laughs) And here's the thing. If we work for an organization and a leader that we believe in, and there is change that we don't agree with, 
Right now, many people will say, well, they don't understand what's going on in the field or they're too disconnected from the business. Instead, if you serve up, you say, you know what? I work for a great company and great leaders, and they must have more visibility than I do. So therefore, I'm going to start running in the direction of change so we can win faster. It's about belief, not about sucking up or being a yes man. Yeah. It's about belief. Yeah. Yeah. Belief in? Those who pay you and those you work for. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. I was doing a radio show. I was doing a radio show and. Uh, and I don't remember what the station was, but the gentleman was, was talking about, Nathan, what about those people who work for a boss or organization they don't believe in or, or don't like? And my response was, well, then Stop you should it. quit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he goes, what? He goes, Nathan, we don't understand. Not everybody has a choice where they can work. I said, sure they do. Uh, Not yeah. everybody has the bravery to make a decision. But I got to yes. tell you, there's nothing. I, we all like to think of us as moral, ethical people, agreed? We right, always think of ourselves right. as a moral and ethical person. Agreed? Those of us who think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, First got to wake and, up. And yet, well, but here's the thing. This one person will say, I'm a hardworking, ethical, I'm an authentic person. And then in the same breath, they'll say, my boss is an idiot or my company mm-hmm. I work for is, is a bad company. And my question is, have you ever told them or do you just take their money and lie? Right. Right. I mean – I, I yeah. wouldn't want someone to work for me and then think I'm a bad person. That makes me right. feel terrible. Right, right. And so serving up, and, and, and the reason why I say it's so powerful is because the leader in the middle is responsible for ensuring that a belief is aligned from top to bottom, that execution yeah. is aligned from top to bottom, that success mm-hmm. is aligned from top to bottom. That's yeah. why it's such a powerful job. Yeah, that's awesome, Nathan. It's so good. This whole thing about alignment is that's the big schism that gets people in the victim mentality is that they're being somebody different than they really are. And this whole conflict, you know, sucking up to one person and then walking away with a whole different, um, you know, behavior. It's just so ugly. It's so inauthentic and so misaligned. And that is the, the conflict that that keeps us from the change. Right. So that's so good. That's so good. Aligning yeah. with uh, uh, you know, truth. Yeah, Dale Carnegie and those guys talk about, and I love the books, but you know, we're, we're, we as humans are wrong 80% of the time, but we're willing to argue we're right 100% of the time, right? Oh, my gosh. That's so amazing. That's just in our nature, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. It is. And, and, and so this goes back to the idea that because someone has a different perspective than we do, we assume they're wrong. And this mm-hmm. goes back to where I talk about the Serve Up Coach Out book, uh, Coach Down. I also have a Serving Out. So often we have silos in organizations, and we say it's just the way the organization or this industry is. That's not true. There are silos in organizations because leaders in the middle blame mm-hmm. other leaders for difficulties instead of fixing their own house. Oh, and so right. I always challenge leaders, yeah, go – if, if finance is becoming a difficult partner for you, don't blame them. Go find out what you can do. And don't tell, don't tell them what they need to do. Yeah. Go find out what you can do in your team to make their job better. And I promise yeah. you they'll find ways to make your job better. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is leadership, you know, I taught a, one of my coaching programs. It was called personal leadership, and my husband didn't understand that. 
like, what do you mean personal leadership? <laughs> That's what leadership is to me. It, it is the alignment with truth. And when I'm in that place of total alignment, there's such integrity and authenticity that I'm unstoppable and, and uh, attractive, you know, like there's a beautiful aliveness about being in that place of absolutely aligned with truth that can do both of those things. Like you're talking about, I feel like your book is very much about owning, you know, taking responsibility for it all and, and keeping yourself aligned clean. And yeah, but yeah, but make no mistake. It's not always pretty, nor is it fun. It's like, it's like being a parent. Okay. I mean, as a father of four kids, I love my children, but anybody says parenting is easy or fun all the time. It's lost forever living mind or doesn't no. have enough kids. Right, right. Right? I mean, I mean. It's, <laughs> it's, another one. Right? And so, and so being that leader in the middle, I always tell people, listen, being a great leader and a great coach, your employees, the, the reason why most people don't do it isn't because it's, they don't agree with it or believe in it. It's because it's hard work. It's like being a good parent. It's hard yeah. work. But there's a difference. See, God gave us a gene that makes us love our kids no matter what stupid stuff they do. Right? Yeah. We love our kids. And we even, right. we even do stuff for our kids even though we know we shouldn't because we have this stupid, irrational parent gene that God mm-hmm. gave us that kept us from killing them, right? I mean, he, right, right. he, he made them so – I always say that he made babies so adorable because they're such a pain. Right. But, right. <laughs> but, but we don't have that same gene for our employees. And so what happens is we disguise it. And we say, you know what? I hire good people. Let them do their job. Because to coach them, which means it, it's tough. Mm-hmm. And so that's why that's why this serve up coach down thing. I always tell people, listen, being a great leader is like being a great parent. It takes a great commitment. It's a lot of work, and you got to love it. You got to love the fight, mm-hmm. so you're willing to do the work. Yeah. Totally. So let's let's talk about that coaching element, that difference between serving your team and coaching your team. Okay. So one of the mistakes that we make is that we think are serving our team, right? We want to remove their problems. We want to make their life easier. Listen, we've done this with our children. And those of us who have 20-something-year-olds or high teenagers, you know what that's given us? A lot of entitled children. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody loves to blame the younger generation how entitled they are. My question to all the parents is, do you want to guess who made them that way? Right, right, yeah. Right? And, and, yep. and we did it not because we're mean. We did it because we love them, and we want, we want mm-hmm. their life to be better than ours. Mm-hmm. But what we got to realize is what made us successful in who we are today is all the struggles that we had in our life. Yeah. And and so when you do that, so take that same analogy and or principle, and you put it with employees. When you take all your problems away from your employees – or you, more importantly, something we do with the right intent but the wrong action is we defend up for our employees. We, we, we think our job is to fight for our employees. Your job is to fight for your employees, but it's not to, to protect them. Right? Yeah. Um, and I'll give you uh, there's a, a, a part of the book I talk about defending up. Uh, we tend to defend up instead of demand down. And my challenge in serving up coaching now is demand down, defend up. And here's what we do. All of a sudden – our team is asked to do more work. And we say, boss, our team can't handle any more work. They're already <laughs> overworked. We're asking them to do too much. And we defend our team. And what we tell our boss is we as a leader in our team, we're weak. And we're at max. And then mm-hmm. what we even, what's even worse is what we tell our team. We tell our team, listen, I know you can't handle any more. I know you're not <laughs> smart enough to do better. So I'm going to uh, tell the bosses, to, don't give us any more. And what we've done is we've crushed our people's belief in themselves, the belief in the team, 
And even worse than all of that, we told everyone don't believe in us. And so that's what happens when we defend. We're doing it because we, want our, we, we care about our people. Our intentions are right. Our actions are wrong. Mm-hmm. And so what I say is don't, do, don't defend them. Mm-hmm. Don't serve them. Coach them. Go to your boss and say, hey, boss. Now, listen, I'm not going to argue that three, they're doing it with three people instead of four people is going to be hard. But let me tell you something. If any team can handle it, my team can. And I'm going to go to my yeah. team and say, listen. The organization needs us to step it up, even though we're already stepping up. But we can do more. I know you can. I believe in you, and therefore you will believe in you. It's, right. When we demand down, we show that we are powerful and we have belief. Yeah, And so absolutely. that's the thing. It, 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 it goes back, Stacey, some things that you talk about and, and Shannon and I talk about. It's, it's how we choose to have what perception we choose to view things in. And if we view a life that our organization is going to get the most they can out of people and just throw them away, well, then we view that as a negative. But yeah. if we view it as, listen, we want to do the absolute best and the most we can do. I don't look at it as how much do I have to do. I look at it as how much can I do. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Right? God, so, it's so disgusting. But again, it's not wrong. It's not the intentions of coach of serving down all the servant leadership. The intentions are right. Be a good leader. Someone your people can count on someone that they trust someone that has their best intentions in mind. The intentions are right, but the actions are wrong. Don't make life easier for your employees. Mm-hmm. Make your employees better so they can get promoted. Don't yeah. leave them alone so they don't yeah. grow. Grow them so they can yeah. get promoted. So they can become more successful. So they can be where you are or hopefully one day be your boss. Mm-hmm. We really don't know how strong we are until we have to be strong or where we'll expect, we're expected to be right? strong. I had a, a, a friend of mine in spin class this morning with me and she goes, I'm so tired. <laughs> she was just tired, you know, and um, I told her to crank it up. You know, we literally increased the intensity at that moment because it is in that weakness that that strength is, it, it forces the power out of us, you know, and she was able to see something in herself that she hadn't seen before. And that's the best thing that we can do as a coach is, is to help people see what, what's inside of them. And it's so, um, just to empower people. I, I get like, it makes my stomach hurt when I see the disempowering ways of ignorance. You know, that's really what happens. The intention might be there, but the ways in which we go about strengthening and empowering our teams is not, um, just not working. So that's well, such and a we can't blame the, And by the way, we can't blame leaders because, you know, it's like I wrote my leadership playbook when I wrote 14, 2014. I talk about corporate America being corrupt. And I don't mean corrupt in the sense of financial corruptness. I mean in the sense that we – want our leaders to coach employees, yet we don't teach our leaders how to be coaches. Yeah. But we've got to – we can't expect people – they don't – it's kind of like being a parent. We, we mock our parents the way they raise us, yet we start seeing ourselves come out just like them. Yeah. And the yeah. reason why is our parents raised us the way we were raised, or they were raised, and we do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We don't do it out of malicious. And so if you don't have someone to teach leaders how to be coaches, they're going to do what they know. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, we're going to do it wrong, or, or, or more importantly, sometimes I always tell leaders when I do a workshop, don't listen to what I'm saying as you're doing it right or wrong. Listen from the, from the perspective of how can I be better at being a leader? How can yeah. I be better at being a coach? Because so often we know what to do, 
that we don't do it. And then, by the way, just for the record, that person that was in your spin class saying this is hard and I need to give up, as a person who's been in your spin class, I 100% agree with her. <laughs> that's, that's hard work, I am man. tired, and it is time to get off this damn bike. Oh, my God, that's so uh, funny. Uh, I have the – every time I think about the um, the last time I was in the boat with you and Hugo was skiing um, – and it was kind of cloudy. We got up early to go, and it, but it wasn't a really beautiful day. But I'll just never forget you had a new iPhone, and you whipped around to pick Hugo up, and the phone went sliding. I watched it slide right into the lake. Oh, yeah. Dying. Oh, my God. That just was such a crack up. Um, yeah, and then, and, you, and then you said, what is man. Shannon going to say? And I said, <laughs> and I said she is not going to be surprised at all. At in all? Fact, <laughs> not one, and she was. And when I showed up, she goes, I said, the phone fell in the lake, and she goes, of course it did. <laughs> oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. That's so uh, funny. I wish true. I had Very a video true. of you in the spin class. I heard about the spin class in, um, where were you guys, in New York, or was it, like, England or something? Um, oh, you're talking about the really one in fast. London? London. I think it was London, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. London. Oh, yeah, where she makes fun man. of me because I had to do all the dance yeah. moves on the bicycle. Yeah. Oh God! Yeah, yeah it's, that oh was. Oh my God! It, it so was, it was, it was funny because you got to, yeah, you got to love her because the only reason she wanted to do like <laughs> twice in one day was when she went to it. She goes, "Oh my God, Nathan's gonna literally fall yeah. off the bike trying to do this stuff," and <laughs> and, and she was right. <laughs> yeah. Oh it, my God! It, listen, so always, my, my wife is, as, as you know, is like the most amazing human being, right? I mean, she's yeah. smart, she's beautiful, she's she's yeah. just a stud. And, and the only problem with my wife <laughs> is that. We've really got to question her judgment because anybody – it's the whole theory that anybody who wants me, I don't know if I want them, right? Yeah. She's awesome, but she's got some bad judgment in choosing a husband. So, uh, but, I, but I think I know why. I think you I'm her punching awesome. back because she gets to go to spin class and we go, oh, Nathan's going to look really foolish doing right. this. And, and so, you can yeah, take it. That's you great. Can take it. Yeah. Hey, listen. Oh, Everybody's God, got to have I a purpose. I love it. That's right. That's right. So your audience, you go out there and you, you're a keynote speaker. And so tell us, like, who you have worked for so many organizations. And well, let, before we go to the keynotes, let's talk about yeah. why or how you made the decision to leave corporate and, and step out, venture out into kind of uncharted territory and, and start your own business and become an entrepreneur. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah, yeah long story short, um, the entrepreneur ride started in 01 when I still was in corporate America. Um, and uh, I was blessed to be in part of some financial gains when it came to the stock market and technology because I was in the wireless business. And um, I realized that I wasn't very good in the stock market or mutual fund or whatever else investment you want to call it. So I needed, I needed an investment. So I started my first business with my father in 2001. We opened dry cleaners and ultimately had three of them. And so I kind of got me this entrepreneurial bug while I was still in corporate America. And then in 2004, I was doing speeches around the country for my clients on uh, sharing some leadership and selling skills, and, and I got the nickname The Preacher. And long story short, in 2004, my brother called me and said, hey, you're going to start that public speaking business. I said, absolutely. He goes, great. I quit my job. Will you hire me? And that's oh literally my God. how I was in Laguna Beach. Yeah, I was living in Laguna Beach at the time. I said, sure. And so I flew to Dallas two days later. We incorporated, and we did everything you could imagine wrong. I left my corporate job in 2005. <laughs> We went broke by 2008, oh and, my God. and I went to Shan, and I said, hey, babe, we're out of money. I mean, we spent our entire <laughs> life saving. We, we were fortunate enough to have a bunch of money saved up and unfortunate enough to lose it all in building these all. companies. And, 
Yeah, and I told Janice, I said, listen, we literally are, are like 30 days from having to move out of this house. And she looked at me and said, she said, I was born poor, I was raised poor, I'll be poor, I don't care. You always say live in the dream, let's live Amen. the dream. And and Amen. that's literally what we did. And we, you know, we kept tithing and believing in things and, 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 and God, and, and it all worked out for us, man. And it's, it's never been, we never looked back. And so that's how I got in the business. And, you know, I always tell people I make more money in an hour of speech now than I made in two years, my first two years in business. And wow. by the way, Stacey, it's not because I make a bunch of money on an hour of speech. It's, that's how little money I made my first two years of doing it. <laughs> so, yeah. I love yeah, that. So now, that's how I got in it. That's so awesome. And, and you know, I, I do believe, I, I was just doing an interview the other day about this. You know, I think God gives everyone a gift. And mm-hmm. I think when, when that gift can align with your passion, and I think I stole that from Steve Harvey when I was watching him speak one time. I, I think you achieve great success, and, and, and I think I've been able to do that. Yeah. Um, and I, I love what I do. It's, it's probably the greatest gift God's given me other than my family and kids. And, and mm-hmm. I try and just to maximize that for, for myself and, and everyone I engage with. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just all over you. It just comes out of you. There's just happiness and fulfillment and uh, just continual, the continual growth. You know, you put yourself in a, a life. You created a life that keeps you growing and keeps you so awake and alive. I don't know. It's just, it's just you're in the right place. And it doesn't matter Thank how you. much money is coming or going. It's, you're just alive. It's, it's beautiful and contagious, right? That's what happens. Yeah, I think when I we really live in the dream, we're very contagious. We're magnetic. We, we attract good things into our life. Cool. Sure. So let's talk no about your audience. About who do you speak? Who do you speak to? So I do all private uh, corporate events or associations, um, and some. So you know, some of my clients range from uh, Cisco, State Farm, Georgia Pacific, uh, Imperial Sprinklers Today, um, medical industry, the U.S. Army. Uh, I do a lot in the distribution side of the world, construction side. I, I tell people my wow. audience is all over the map, from mm. international to construction to distribution to military to services to technology to brick and mortar. What is consistent wow. is I only speak on two topics. I speak on creating a winning culture through coaching employees and serving up, and I speak on selling skills. And okay. I do those two topics across all industries. But I stay in my – if someone says, hey, will you come do a team-building workshop, I promise you there's people better than me to do a team-building uh, workshop. Um, but, but we stick in that, that area. We stick in the leadership side and the, the coaching employee side, that thriving culture side, and selling skills. And everything else we leave up to somebody else. Yeah, that's so good. So good. Do you have – you. you know? Uh, what was that? Was that clear from the get-go? Like how to how to succeed at this? You lost everything the first few years, but how long did it take you to figure out? Like just be in an outburger, like do one thing and do it well, and no, and the word gets we, out. Or we, how did this happen? Yeah, we've always done just one thing, right? In the sense that I mean, we had mortgage company, we had RCO's kids, and but for me, my topic to speak in my first book was the Sales Leaders Playbook. My second mm-hmm. book was the Sales Professional Playbook. My third book was a sales leader's game plan. My fourth book was a leadership. And then my last book was serve up, coach down. So I've always stayed in the wheelhouse, which, which I know. Um, yeah. Because as I write in one of my books, I want to learn expert skills from I want to learn how to play basketball from a basketball player, not some guy yeah. who researched it. Right, and so, right. 
those are the worlds that um, you know I was very fortunate and and had a, a skill and a, and a and a discipline for, and so I stay in those two areas. The difference between struggling the first three to four years to now is uh, it takes a while to plant your garden and to plant your field. Okay. And so I don't know if I'm planting any different seeds or more seeds, but after planting for nine, ten years, you get some, you get some harvest. Mm. And so my challenge to people is uh, perfect your skill, uh, find a way to bring value to those you speak with and work with, and keep plugging away and keep building. And and and, and I'm still building. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm listen. My 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 vision and my goal for where I want to be is so much bigger than where I am today. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I want to constantly grow and be bigger and better and more valuable to those around me. I've mm-hmm. got so far to go. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm an infant compared to where yeah. I want to be. Mm. Yet, I am so grateful for how far I've come. Yeah. That's so important that we continue to expand. That vision just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's really weird. You know, when you're on this journey, you're like, wow, the closer I get, the bigger it gets. You know, it's like we forever, as a visionary, we just continue to see bigger and bigger and bigger. I've noticed that, I don't know, it's it's important to stop every now and then and realize how far we have come. So I'm glad that you brought that up and the point to really be faithful with those that are, you know, you are working. Most of us are working with somebody right now and just really, really taking the time to um, be the best we can be in those working relationships, you know, bring as much value as we can to the table. Um, So good. We can all do that. The miracles in what we have, not in what we don't have. Right. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, using what we have. So good. Well, thank you. I am so glad that I got to catch up with you today. And and thank you for being on the show and um, just catching us up with what you're doing. You're doing amazing things in the world. Um, Thank you. And I want to tell the listener, yeah, I want to tell the listeners to hook up with you. You can inquire, you know, and book Nathan and just connect with him at Nathan Jamil, J-A-M-A-I-L.com. Um, so reach out to him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Um, connect with him and um, just we wish you the very best. I love what you're doing. And Texas is in Thanks, the future, Stacey. right? It is. In fact, we're looking it to buy a ranch here in a few coming months. Ah, well, we, we love having so. you in California. I don't see you often, but it's fun to know that you're in my backyard. I love that part. I know. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yes. So any last words of wisdom? Anything you want to leave us with no, before Stacey, we listen, sign thanks, up? They, no, I don't know if I have any wisdom at all, but um, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for having me. And, 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 and I hope those who uh, read Serve Up, Coach Down, I hope it touches them uh, emotionally and, and challenges the way they think and makes them better. Uh, you know, you get the book or all my books on anywhere from iTunes to Amazon, anywhere else they sell stuff, books and audio books. But uh, thanks for having me. I'm so grateful, and uh, keep living the dream. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Serve up, Coach Down, Nathan, Jamel, get the book. Put it right there with, um, you know, all of those other classics. I love it that you really do want to shift the, the mindset of the people. So 
We can do it a different way. And to those of you who are ready to get published, to amplify your voice, reach out to me at Stacy at StacyC.com. That's with an E-Y. And um, we can get you hooked up with the support that you need to live the dream as well, um, to, to live a better life, a bigger, more aligned life. So thank you so much for being with us here today. And we will see you next week on the Changebook Radio Show. Don't forget to be the change you're looking to see in the world. Bye for now. <laughs>